Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. Happy Christmas, George. Happy Christmas, Jess. Thanks. You're welcome. Christmas finally did happen because we never have Christmas on Christmas because of visitation schedules and such of a blended family, but... We don't actually remove it from the calendar to another day. We just remove our part of it. We observe it on a different day. We have our celebration of it on a different day. (laughs) Correct. And so as we were trying to get ready for our observation of the holiday, we were also trying to get ready for number two child to move, which we talked about last week. Yes. And that meant that as you're trying to pack up all of his stuff, and I'm trying to get ready for company to come over and everything else, there were a whole lot of presents that forgot to get wrapped until like the very last minute. Well, you know, what I had to pack for him was mostly toys and pull-ups. So I had to fit them all in there. And I had yes. to leave enough room for whatever he was going to open. Yes, which we knew what he was going to open, but he wasn't supposed to. So just leaving space for um, presents. Some of which are in the garage because I have to ship them. Yes. There were too many suitcases. There were too many suitcases. And so we're going to send him a box of stuff once he gets better settled. Once I get better settled and can bring it to the place where I ship it from. You are still recovering from parenting the whirlwind child. Well, he left me a virus before he departed. What a nice parting gift. Kids do these things for you. They do. Yeah. How very generous. They are generous that way. Speaking of generous kids, the number zero child who forgot that we should know when she moves, forgets to tell family, am I in the hospital? Oh yeah, I should tell family. I'm moving out of the city. Oh, yeah, I should tell family. She's moved out of state and not told us, too. She has moved out of state and not told us, too. She has gotten engaged and not told us. We have to look on Facebook. She forgets to tell us these things. Yeah. And so... Details. Yeah. We were curious whether she would be able to come and stay with us, but then a couple weeks ago, we talked about the fact that she was also having girlfriend problems at the time that she was moving or at the time that she was getting ready to come for the holidays and didn't know if she would be able to come. And eventually we did say, yes, we will just go get her. And she did actually ask. Yes. Well, I instructed her to do so. Well, I didn't know if she would actually follow that instruction, which we talked about two weeks ago. Right. Often she does not, but I I thought she would because we had just been discussing other things that she might need help with. And she was glad for that. So I thought she probably would. And she did. And she did. But then she says, there's also this one other hiccup. Yes. I have a cat with an infection. He needs his antibiotics. I can't be gone for more than a day, and I can't expect anyone else to come over and give him his pills. He's probably not cooperative. He's a cat. Department of Redundancy Department? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well. Yeah. So that was kind of a fun thing. So I got to drive an hour and 15 minutes across town, two villages over. Yes. To go pick her up late morning, early afternoon. Right. But earlier the day before I left the house, I was finishing wrapping these presents and I texted her and she had said that she felt bad that she couldn't bring us presents because she didn't have a job where she was staying at right now. And she does this occasionally where she feels like she needs to be deserving of our attention. Right. And I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago too. 
but I found some books that I had bought way back at the Harvest Festival in the fall because the school had had a book fair and the kids point out, oh, I like this, I like this, I like this. And they point out like seven or eight things that they like, but I'm not going to get them seven or eight things all at once, especially when they're pointing out, I want this and I want this and I want this because that would spoil them. And so we do our best to try and teach them delayed gratification. I buy them one or two small things while they're standing there. And then as soon as they go away, I buy the other things and put them in Christmas presents. Right. And I keep a list of all of our Christmas presents on our phone. I mean, except mine, of course. No, yours are in Amazon. Yes. That's where your list of your Christmas presents is. But what I do is I buy five things for each person. And then I take a screenshot of the list and I send number one list to number two child, number three child, and you and say, do you have a preference which one of these gets your name in the from spot? Well, if they're home, you just show them. So I will ask each person, you know, which one of these should I label with to George from number one child, to George from number two child, to George from number three child, to George from Bob. He's rolling his eyes. The kids don't actually go to pick these things out, and they probably should, but taking number two in a store is just such a hassle. It's never really been worth it. If he got to pick it out, you'd get something really interesting. <laughs> I'm sure. Mostly that he wanted. Um, like, Deadpool, video game. Uh, yeah, BB gun. Pocket knife. Archery set. Something sharp and pointy and some projectile. Other weapon things. Yes. Yes. And some fishing poles. If if I get this for mom, do you think she'll let me play with it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Ouch, ouch, ouch. <laughs> oh, it hurts to laugh, doesn't yes. it? I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, we, we don't do that right now. Although I don't know if we'll do that for the next birthday or not. It might be worth it if we're we not probably. trying to take number two into a store. So while he was at the kids club, I was wrapping presents and hurrying to finish them before I went to pick up number zero child from an hour and a half away. And I find a bunch of books from way back in the fall that hadn't made it onto the list. And I texted number zero child and I said, hey, I found a bunch of presents that I forgot to put labels on. Would you mind if I put them from you? See, I didn't even ask. I I put one to you from zero child. See, I knew that you had done that. I had seen it under the tree and I thought that you had asked her because that's what I would do, but, but I, I should know that I'm you would I'm the wouldn't. dad. I don't do that. No. <laughs> and she was like, oh yeah, no problem. That's, that's fine. And what time should I expect you? And so I drove and drove and drove and drove. So the first thing I said when she got in the car was, you want to go to Starbucks? Because they were having a promo if you order through the app, one of these coffee for life. It's sort of like a digital scratch off game. Oh, it's a game. I see your interest now. And they have a Starbucks there? Not in the village, but in the... On the way back, On the way back, there's one. And I didn't want to show up to her house with coffee in hand and not share. But then I say, do you want Starbucks? And she says, I'm trying to cut back on caffeine. And I say, they have other things there. And she says, yeah, but I don't... I can't afford it. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing you need to know. I want coffee. I want to earn stars for my coffee. I want to earn game pieces for my coffee. Mm -hmm. Can I get you coffee now? (laughs) And she says, maybe a tea. (laughs) So we went to the You guys went around town because I happened to see you guys uh, on the map near where I was that night. Yes. We went to a couple of grocery stores and then a home goods type store. And then we picked up number one and number three child from their father's house. And we picked up number two child from the kids club. 
And then they came home and they ate Americanized Chinese food from the oven because you were working late. I was. And I felt bad that you had to work on what we were having as our Christmas Eve, but because it wasn't actual Christmas Eve, you still had to work. I didn't feel bad that I was working. I felt bad that I wasn't here participating, but the working thing is what I do, so I didn't feel bad about that. That makes sense. So we had them eat and we had them go take showers, and as soon as you got home... They knew that they could start their Christmas Eve, which involves reading one of the Christmas stories from one of the Gospels, and then picking one other story to read, and then if they have been good... Yeah, you you did that with them, which is what you usually do. And, it's and what I, I always do. ate some food while you were doing that. And you ate some food while I was reading with them, and then they each got to pick a present mm-hmm. and open it, and then go to bed. The going to bed part took longer than usual. It did. And part of it was because number zero was here and they were all keyed up about seeing their missing sister who has been missing for a while and they miss her. Yeah, she does that a lot. And so the same thing happens every time we finally get her over here. It's true. Yeah. But you had to take number two for his blood draw that morning. Oh, that's right. He didn't get to sleep in because of that. Yes. Yeah, I had to wake him up (laughs) and drag him to a blood draw. And the place we went to did not open at the time I thought it did. So we had to sit in the hallway for half an hour. I'm sorry. And when they got there, they said, you know, we have another location that opens at 630. And I said, by the time we drove there, we wouldn't have been first in line. So we might as well waited. Right. Which is, we were first in line. Well, that's good. You guys left for the place that opens at 630. I thought it it opened at 6 or 630. It opened half hour later. But anyhow. So you guys left a little after 6, 6.15, 6.20, and I felt you leave, and then I had my alarm set for like 6.40 to get me up out of bed and start on breakfast, because that's the other thing that I do, because my family has always done it, and traditions are good as long as they're supportive. And so I got up and I started making breakfast, and I'm sort of tiptoeing around because number zero is sleeping on the couch. Not on her pouch couch. That's the present she had opened. That was the present she had opened. Yeah, the pouch couch was not as uh, cooperative as they have in the commercial, which is not shocking. No, true. But um, eventually we got it to work. Although, if you roll, you're going to end up on the floor. You will. So she didn't sleep on it. No, she did not sleep on it. So that worked out okay, though. And I'm like tiptoeing around, hoping not to wake her and trying to get stuff done. And she did wake up. Well, her and number three had stayed up playing video games. Number one. Oh, yeah. I was counting the wrong direction. (laughs) Uh, Her and number one child stayed up. The teenager, yes. Yeah, the teenager. They stayed up playing video games. They did. Yes. It was nice to see them doing that because it was like, oh, look, this is how the teenager acts familially with people who are not in charge of him and who he does not need to be in charge of. Someone who is like a peer to him. And he's actually interacting with them like a peer. Yeah, it was kind of nice to see that. And we don't see that very often. A lot of times he he just hides in his room, but he was very interested in in talking to her and the subject he's interested in. She was interested in that subject. So that worked out for both of them. It did. Yeah. But then the whole day just didn't happen the way it was supposed to, because then our teacher friend who said she was coming over and your boss, who is also our family friend, said she was coming over, but neither of them got here. Neither of them ever get anywhere when they say they're going to. They're known for this tactic. And so they get here later than they expect to. Well, the teacher friend came and um, what worked out good about that is she has a sister that lives in the same town that Zero Child's living in right now. And that sister was going to be going back and forth and going back at the time that Zero Child needed to go. So that was working out 
camp, but we had to then coordinate all that. And my boss didn't make it in the morning. She didn't see the message and then decided to come over after work. But then we had to coordinate like her actually getting here before I had to bring number two child over to his mom's with all his suitcases. And after number two had left in the middle of our Christmas to go play with his friend. Yeah, because he had already arranged that with his mom because he had been staying with his mom for the last two nights. Ah, she made plans for us. Yeah, she made plans. Damn it. Well, he was going to want to play. And and I had agreed with that kid's mom that they could play before our kid left town. And that was the last day. And so I was having a really hard time not being crabby that I'm like, I am making this big Christmas dinner and it's the one that you guys said you wanted. And nobody's going to actually be able to sit down all at once to eat it. And I need to stop being crabby about that. But now I'm crabby that I'm feeling crabby. Yeah, you were. (laughs) It was. Mm -hmm. And I was grumpy and it was not happy. Yeah. So when (laughs) I came back and you said, so when are we eating? I'm like, We can just eat, okay? (laughs) So that you don't have to ask us that anymore. Okay. Yeah, because the kids don't care. So yeah, it was... We sent some food with Zero Child and she was pleased. Who also likes fruitcake. Yes. Which is kind of amazing because nobody likes fruitcake, but the three of us like fruitcake. Like we asked my my friend. Your Jesus friend who is also gluten sensitive and... When he was helping us. And I said, do you want fruitcake? And he says, oh gosh, no. (laughs) (laughs) He made a face. One of the things he doesn't miss. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, before... I brought number two child to his mom's with his suitcases. He had had a bit of a stomach ache. He had. But I wasn't sure what he ate his friends. I know he ate at least one donut and they had been decorating donuts into reindeer and stuff. So God knows how much sugar he had eaten. I thought maybe he has a stomach ache from that. Who knows what he did? He has a sensitive gut. And so right. he often gives himself discomfort by eating the wrong thing. And half the time it's something he knows he shouldn't eat anyway, but he'll still eat it. Which is totally an American thing as far as I can tell. What Western consumer culture continues into our guts. Yes. Anyway, yeah, he was not feeling well. And you took him there and his other mom texts you like twice to say he's puked and he wanted me to tell you that he puked again. And yeah, Yeah, I was getting messages saying he wants you to know he puked. (laughs) I'm like, okay, thank you. I was eating dinner. I find it interesting. That's that's the way it is. Then he he wanted to call me the next time. uh Uh-huh. To tell me he had puked. He did call you to tell you that he had puked. And I find it interesting that whenever he's angry, he wants her. But whenever he is scared or upset, he wants you. Yeah, he he was sick and he wanted me. Because then I talked to him the next night. So I talked to him from the second airport they were at. Mm -hmm. The following day. Yeah, because I brought him there that night and they were flying the next morning. Yep. And I went over there in the morning to help because of the suitcase problem Uh that I had created. But... (laughs) Um, Off they went to the airport and then they called me from the second, you know, the layover airport. Okay. And I talked to him a little and I thought, you haven't been gone very long, but he didn't feel good. So yeah, he had been laying on the floor at the first airport here. I got a picture of that. And then they called, then he called me when he got there. From his grandfather's truck, he was very excited. They're in, they're driving in a truck. Guess where? Guess where I am? Um, you're in, and the name of the state that he moved to. Yeah. And he says no, and you said the name of the city that he was moving to, and he says, "I'm in a truck. <laughs> I'm in Granddad's truck." <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, good. It. Yeah. <laughs> And then later that night, I got a text saying, he wants you to know he puked. (laughs) And then surprisingly, so now we're on the third day and there wasn't anything in between. Like he seemed to feel fine in between. Was that before or after you went to check on your mother? 
Probably before. Before. Because... Your sister texts you and says... Have you talked to mom? And I say, no. So, uh, you know, we're both trying to call my mother who doesn't answer the phone. So I'm like, okay, I have to go over there. Sometimes she will wait for the voicemail and pick it up when she hears who's calling or the answering machine, I guess. It's not voicemail, but... She wasn't answering either of us. So I went over there. And it was dark when I got there and there were no lights on. I thought, this is not a good sign. So when I went in to check on her, I turned on the lights and I started her and she was scared and she didn't know who I was. She wasn't talking, but she I could tell by the look on her face. Uh-huh. And I said, okay, do you know who I am? No. Okay, I need to check your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. I, she let me check her blood sugar. I'm curious if you had used your old name, would she have recognized no. that? No, because I said my sister's name and I said that we had both been trying to call her and, and did she know who my sister was and she didn't. Oh, okay. And then I said, do you know where you are? And she said, no. And I said, do you know what day it is? And she said, no. Okay, then. So then I took her blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And it was 65. Uh-huh. And I tried to give her a sugar pill. And she was scared of it and wouldn't take it. And then I was like, oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> So I had just gone to the store and I went out to the car to get the tropical juice I bought. <laughs> Which is a joke of yours this and mine. Is, this is our ongoing joke that tropical flavor. What the hell is tropical flavor? But the funny thing was this tropical flavor was 100% juice and it was pineapple, mango, guava, it and was, yeah. like two other tropical fruits. Fruits. They were real tropical. Actual juice. So it was very funny that it was actually tropical fruit. And I thought, well, maybe I can get her to drink juice. Yes. So I got her to drink a little bit of juice, and then I called my aunt, because I wanted some help managing my mother. Yes. And I said, what are you doing? She was driving from over here, taking care of grandma's neighbor, because okay. grandma's still out of town, taking right. care of her son. And Because um, this is what we all do. This all is of what... us who are functional take care of the ones who aren't. I said, well, my mother's blood sugar is 65, and she doesn't know who I am. She says, do you want me to come over there? I said, yeah, could you do that? And she said, uh, she's got to get it up to 90, because she took care of other family members with diabetes and is very familiar with the process. She can't remember other things, but she knows what to do about the diabetes. So that's uh-huh. a good thing because that was one must person argue with then. Right. So we got my mother's blood sugar up eventually. And then she was at the point where she starts shivering because she had been in shock and she's cold. Right. She's quite miserable. Well, of course. And then I know she's okay. And so I leave. Because <laughs> because at that point, she's going to be capable of caring for herself. And- my aunt was going to stay there for a while. Oh, good. And then go home. She tried to talk my aunt into staying there, but my aunt didn't want to. And I, I was like, no. You not managing your your insulin is not what everybody else should sleep on the couch that you probably just peed on while you were sitting here, passed out. So no, I don't think my aunt wants to stay at your house and I will support that she doesn't want to and she wants to go to her own house. Because you took the wrong dose of insulin. And you're not listening that you probably need to reduce your insulin. This is the third day this week that she had done this. So I come home, and I think I wanted to come home because I started to not feel good, and I didn't really recognize that yet. Mm-hmm. Was this the second day that you had gone there? That, no. That was... No, you weren't feeling super good that you, day. She had it the night you took her to get the Doppler thing. Okay, she did after mm-hmm. I took her. And she had it... Oh, then, for fuck's sake. Then she had it twice the day I... that day I just went there. So you had taken her to the cardiologist earlier in the week. 
Yes. And she was having leg pain. And then the day after that, her leg started swelling. So I had to take her to the hospital to have her leg ultrasound and Doppplerized so that they could check and see, you know, does she need a new stent, whatever. Right. And so after that was the first time she had done it earlier in the week. I didn't know that she had passed out earlier in the week. Yeah, she did that. That night when you tried to feed her and she said no. And I told her, we've been at the hospital for a while. You probably need something. It's been a while. What do you want to eat? I had texted you. I said, just drive her through Wendy's. No, no, no. She doesn't want anything. She didn't. She She didn't. That's how she is. She wanted to eat something She's like a three-year-old. Yes. So I came home and my sister texts and says, we need a better plan then. Hey, mom's not answering the phone. Maybe I better drive over there and see if she's croaking. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, we need a better plan than that because I'm the one who has to drive over there. (laughs) Yes. I said, I'm going to call her doctor on Monday and see if they'll get a home health nurse and get her an appointment for the doctor, but don't tell her. Oh, I won't. But in the meanwhile. She will tell her. In the meanwhile, the next day, the next effing day, (laughs) I had been sleeping because my stomach hurt. I get up. I'm sitting there with you. Mm -hmm. I look at the clock at six o'clock and I say to you, it's Christmas. Like this is Christmas Day because we were having things out of order. Yes. And I haven't heard from my mother. So I try to call her and there's no answer. And your mother would call you on Christmas because that's the kind of thing she would do. The plan was for her to call my aunt in the morning and me in the evening. What happened the next day was she called me in the morning and I said, did you call my aunt? And she says, no, she wouldn't be up yet. And I said, well, that you were supposed to. And she says, I'll call her later at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. So she talked to me at like, I don't know, sometime in the morning, eight or nine, my aunt at 11 or 12, and then nobody. Now, unlike the night before when I had got there and it was dark, because I called, I waited, I called again, I waited, I called again. I was like, oh, f- for fuck's sake. Now I got to mm-hmm. go over there. And I wasn't feeling good. So it wasn't like what I wanted to do. Yeah, for- you had been feeling a little bit under the weather for about 24 hours by that right. point. My stomach really hurt. That's why I'd taken a nap. So right. I went over there and I took one look at her and I said, nope, I'm calling the, the ambulance now because I'm not doing this every night. And if I send you to the hospital, you might try harder. Yeah. And if- maybe the doctor will adjust your insulin and you'll do that. But I can't seem to make you do what you're supposed to. And if I keep coming over here and you die during the holidays, my sister's going to be very unhappy with that outcome. <laughs> okay. Uh, and yes, I, I love the fact that. that you only clarify that your sister will be unhappy with that outcome. Well, I will be, you know, the aggravated person who's been dealing with the person who is determined to die from insulin. <laughs> You know? Yes, I understand. So, and then you don't, I don't want her to die on the holidays because my sister doesn't handle death well in the first place. We don't need it to happen during the holidays. So you're going to the hospital now. So I called the ambulance. I didn't even check her blood sugar. I just called them. And I'm on the phone with them. And then two of them show up. They, good two th- ambulances. Which is good because that means they had nothing to do. They come in and I tell them what's happening. And you know what's nice about being her son? They all listen to what the f- I'm saying and take it into consideration and then do the thing. And when you were presenting as her daughter, it would have been a different ball game. They would have sort of almost listened and then did what they wanted to. Well, that's what you think is happening, but we're going to go check. 
Yeah. So they checked and they said, oh, her blood sugar is 36. The fuck? And I'm like, yeah, that's wrong. And they were a little bit, they were a little uncomfortable. It's never good to have the ambulance people uncomfortable, but but they're going to handle it. And they were getting in an order. And the guy said to me, look, we can get her stabilized and leave her here. And I said, no, because I don't feel good. And this is the third, now the fourth time, fourth time this week that she's had insulin reactions. So no, take her to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Because I know in my head, she's going to be mad when she realizes she's there. Yes. And then maybe she'll try harder, like I said. Although at first when she got there, she was equally confused as she had been the night before. Well, yeah, I followed them there. First of all, one of the guys left their computer on her table. I had to go out and give it to him. And he, I go out and I hand it to him. He looks at it and he goes, is this? Oh, that's mine. Thank you. <laughs> that would have been bad. I'm like, yeah. 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 And so then you follow her to the hospital. I follow them there. I take my time because I know that it takes them a while to get going, but they moved a little faster this time. Oh, that's good. Probably because she wasn't coherent. Yes. And a blood sugar of 36 is bad. A little. Yeah. So I got her ID and I thought like, I probably should bring some clothes and blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't feeling good. So I was like, you know what? She can have something later. She can sit there in a hospital gown and be uncomfortable and wish that she was home in her pajamas and had taken her insulin correctly. Because I'm, I'm really mad now. Because you know, this, the, you know, for, for days now well, you've been telling her she needs yeah. to be a little more careful. And with, I'm, she's taking too much insulin and her blood sugar is getting too low. I'm getting frustrated with this. I know that my sister feels powerless over there. And my sister worries more than I do. Yes. Because she's farther away and because she worries more. She does worry more, just as a general. Yeah. And she doesn't need to be worrying about my mother. Mm-hmm. When my mother could be handling this better. She could. Yeah. But so, and then I got to the hospital mm-hmm. with the ID is all I brought was ID. And I said... And her insurance card? Well, I had the wallet, but I only gave them those things. Right, right, right. I said, look... Her, her wallet that's blue? The boop one that's purple. <laughs> The The one that she lost at the store and was trying to tell them, I lost my wallet. It's blue. Do you have it? But it's not blue. It's purple. And when you went in there and asked for her purple wallet, they had it. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So continue. So you took the the blue purple wallet. I did. I gave them the ID and the insurance card. And I said, first, they they didn't have her. And so they checked the other hospital and she wasn't there. So they waited and then they tapped on the window. I said, okay, we've got her. I said, okay, here's her ID. And they said, she's back there in room, whatever, 13 or something. I said, look, I can't go back there because I'm feeling sick and I'm afraid I have a virus. Uh And they're like, stay out here. Yes. (laughs) Stay out here and nurse will come and talk to you. So I sat there and I was thinking... I'm not going to make it. And then the nurse came out and she stood about 10 feet away from me and said, are you George? And I said, yes. <laughs> and she said, and you're sick? And I said, I think so. And I was just about to leave. She said, can you tell me what medicines your mother takes? And I said, I could try. And I told her what I could remember, but I couldn't. No. Because I was just, I didn't know how far along I was. You, you were feeling nauseous already. I was my stomach was really hurting. So then I, I did that and got in the car, started driving home, stopped real quick at the Quickie Mart for it. Ginger ale. Ginger ale. I was dying for ginger ale. Took a sip of it. That's all I could handle. Drive home. And I think if I'm going to puke, I'm taking my Doctor Who sweater off so I don't puke on the sweater. You had your Doctor Who Christmas sweater on. I did. Took it off, put on a flannel shirt, sat down to relax, jumped up and went in the bathroom, started puking like I was in The Exorcist. <laughs> I heard you get home and and I remember hearing the door close and hearing flump, 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 flump and hearing the bathroom door close. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess it's good that he got home. It would have been bad if he had to puke somewhere else. That's never as comfortable. Puking is never comfortable in general, but puking at home is slightly better. It is, but now that I think about it, if I had kept puking, like if I had started puking there, I probably would have gotten some medicine from them. (laughs) Darn it. 
So you start puking after having taken your mother to one of the two hospitals in the city. Yes. Because that's the one that's covered by her insurance, the Catholic hospital. Yes. Our insurance, yours and mine, is not the Catholic hospital. No, we have the HMO which I'm re- very much regretting at this point. I think it was just a fluke of the time of day that we got in and which hospital. I don't think so, because the hospital that we were at takes more HMOs. Okay. That's the problem. That's why it was so damn crowded there, and that's why we waited mm-hmm. for so long. Yeah, it might be worth paying more next year for the PPO. Starting in January, it'll cost $250 to go to the ER. It was Christmas, 11 o'clock at night. There was nothing else open except the hospital. There was nothing else open. If it was any other day and not a holiday, so, not that Sunday, then you could have gone yes, you know, to an urgent sun, care. A Sunday or, holiday, yeah. There was no, nothing else to do. And that only cost $100, which is a lot of money. Yes. But, but then we to the get there it's at cost. 1030 at night because you get home from your mother's hospital visit at, at six. 6. And you immediately start puking. I think you had a span of about 20 minutes while we were watching the Doctor Who Christmas special where yes. you were able to stop puking. Well, it was after like, the first time I puked and I thought, oh, good, I feel better now. And then we started the Doctor Who special and then you're sitting in the chair with your puke bucket for just in case. And I look over and I see you puking and I'm like, I should pause this now. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't even get up out of the chair to get to the toilet that time. No, at that point, you are so sore and your muscles are so drained and your body is so exhausted. And then I just kept puking. And yeah, it until, could not stop. Until 10 o'clock when I said, I think you're going to have to take me to the ER so I could get the no puke medicine. Yes. And we figured, you know, if we just go and they will see you puking and they will say, yes, you need a prescription antiemetic and they will give you your prescription and send you on your way. So that you do not puke all over their space anymore. No, I'll sit in the waiting room with the other pukers for five hours until they get around to it. Come to find out, by experience, not by them telling us, but by looking and listening, that we are in the middle of a localized noro outbreak. Yes, and I am participating, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Yeah. And so all the pukers are there, and you just have to wait your turn. And just as we are, I saw three ambulances pull in as I was walking from the parking ramp to... You know, that's the other option. I could buy the ambulance plan, which is like 100 bucks for the year, and I could take an ambulance. Because if you take the ambulance, they bring you right in the back. Huh. Maybe I'll do that instead for this year. Because I don't want to do this again. I'd rather pay the $100 and not worry about an ambulance ride and get yeah. right in the back where they could give you some no puke medicine right away. Yes. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because this driving yourself there or having your wife drive you with the puke bucket, not so great. Because last time I puked like that was several years ago when I broke my ankle and I had to drive myself there with the puke bucket and you were home with the boy. I was. There were no doctors because it was also a holiday weekend of some sort. <laughs> And so they put me in there and they said, you want some morphine? And just as I was saying, no, they gave it to me anyway to shut me up because <laughs> they didn't have anybody to deal with me. Oh, so I I'm stayed sorry. all night in the ER because of the morphine. Of course. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. So we get there and we arrive at the ER at like 1030 and I drop you off at the drive through drop off and then I go to the parking ramp and on my way walking from the parking ramp to the emergency waiting area, like I said, three, three ambulances pulled in. So yeah, we were going to be stuck there for a while. Yeah. And it was 2.30 before they called you back. We had arrived at 10.30 and then it was 3.30 before 
before the doctor got to you. And I stopped puking around two. You did stop puking around two only because your body was so empty by that point that there was nothing. It was empty way before that. It's just that it I was still heaving. Had mucus. Like you were still bringing up tiny, tiny bits of mucus and then puking or like spitting it out. See, this is what happens when your parents, this conversation doesn't seem odd to us, but the people out there who don't have kids, they're like, what are they saying this for? Why would you talk about that? But yeah, when, you're fi- when your body was finally completely and absolutely empty, like no mucus whatsoever to be removed, you finally quit puking just around 2, and then they took us back around 2.30. The doctor saw you around 3.30. We were discharged around 6.30. They had given you two doses of Zofran and a prescription for 10 more. And that's what I really wanted, because a prescription for 10 more will keep me from going there for a while. Like if I travel anywhere, like if we go to that wedding, if uh-huh. we go away from the house, I'm bringing it with me. Uh huh. Because I don't want to be puking like that again. Uh uh-uh. uh. I have puke PTSD. <laughs> I was like draped over that terrible hospital chair for five hours. You were oh, and you you were at least able to get some rest. I couldn't. No, you couldn't. Because I was watching you. I was so glad you were there because I knew I'd be I'd be okay in, until the doctor could see me. Like because you would take care of it. Yeah, like if you passed out from exhaustion or passed out from choking on your own puke or something, I would make sure that the doctors noticed. Although there was one lady who tried to jump the line by making a scene in the bathroom and pretending she had passed out. The nurse went in there like, uh, this again? Oh, that's what happened? (laughs) Yes. I I knew that there was a commotion going on, but I was only a little bit aware. I know when I was there with my aunt, we were there eight hours that time, which was, we probably talked about it on here. Uh Uh-huh. They finally took her in the eighth hour because she was having a panic attack and they thought she might be having a heart attack. Right. So if they had known how high my heart rate was, they might have taken me. But it's funny, they just put you there and they have no idea. Like when you went up and said, can we have some water? And then they interrogated you about, well, you're going to let me drink it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're and like, I'm like, um, he's been puking for six, seven hours by now. Yeah, he needs something. He's getting dehydrated. Yeah. And they said, well, your name is next. So let him have a sip of it, but don't let him have too much. We want his gut empty when the doctor sees him. And I told you, drink that first. You don't drink it after me. <laughs> no. I'm not drinking it after you. So I did. I drank about half of it and then I let you have the rest, which was mostly ice chips by that point. So, yeah. And then we get back there and the doctor says, or the nurse says, you know, take off your clothes and you can leave your pants on, but we need to be able to get to your upper body. And here's a pee cup. And they gave you the male urinal pee cup. They did. That was after I, I had the dressing gown on. I was laying down and she said, okay. She had been ready for an IV, but I didn't have one yet. And she said, and when you can, here's this. And I looked at it and thought, hmm. <laughs> I can't pee in that laying down. No. I I can't really pee laying down anyway. No. And I said, okay, but I didn't have to pee. And I wasn't probably going to have to for a while since I had had maybe a a mouthful of ice chips. Yeah, dehydrated and no, it was not going to happen. So I I sucked on the rest of the ice chips and eventually used the STP to manage that thing. But I was really glad she didn't give me the other contraption, the bedpan one. Oh, I could never use those anyway. But, you know, she gave me the one that was correct for my presentation. presentation Then the doctor comes in and asks about your health history and any recent surgeries. And I'm looking at him like, okay, how far back and what do you have listed? (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm, I'm like, do I start with like my nasal septum in 99 or what? And he says, no, no, like gallbladder problems, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Digestive. I answered all his questions. No, I have none of those things. Mm-hmm. He was hilarious because we're both looking at him like, whoa. <laughs> Somebody's had their coffee. Yeah, and something else with it, maybe. He was the perkiest doctor ever. Very nice, great bedside manner. A Probably little the, bit of a showman. Yes, but he was the perkiest doctor I've ever seen. Like a lot of times they come in there and they're moping. I I think they had just had their shift change and like he was fresh faced, bright eyed. Okay. But you know, you know what they put these doctors through before they become doctors. I mean, I know. They they go through like sleep deprivation, torture, and all kinds of things. So oh, I know. The fact know. that that he could be he was the happiest doctor I've ever seen outside of our doctor, who's just a very nice person. Yeah, she. She's is. not crazy perky like he was. No, but. this guy was like, yeah, I don't. But he was very attentive. He listened. You know, he was friendly with you as well. And the nurse said they had orders on me since one o'clock, but I was still out in the waiting room, so they couldn't do anything. So he apologized for the wait, and I'm like, well, what are you gonna do? Clone yourself maybe now that I think about it the TV was bizarre while we were waiting in that room oh yeah the TV first it had <laughs> Star Trek on it it had the the new Star Trek movie the first of the new series the first of the new timeline with the Spocks yes and then there were infomercials there were infomercials for an adult toy shop and like a really long infomercial like an actual half hour program infomercial with yeah. four girls sitting on couches talking about the second toys. Yes. This online store, but on the bottom of it, like they always have on the infomercials, call this number now. Yes. And they'll give you a deal. And they'll give you a deal. And I was like, wow. Or use this code to order online. And I'm thinking, if you call them with your phone, how do they know what you want to order? Do you tell them like when you order online, you click the thing and then it adds it to your cart. When you're ordering on the phone, do you just say, I want the thing I saw on the TV screen? I guess so. That, because it, they probably said what it was and we couldn't really hear all of it. Probably. I was laying there, but you were, we were just looking at the TV like, what? <laughs> okay. Yep. That, that was bizarre. Yeah. Like, this is the hospital and we're watching an infomercial. Sex toy infomercials. <laughs> yes. Mm. I mean. They're trying to cheer us up with Star Trek and sex toy infomercials. <laughs> Did it work? What really cheered me up was the no puke medicine. There you go. I was so happy (laughs) when the doctor said, well, let's give you some Zofran. And I was like, yes. And that was the other thing because it took about four days from the time that number two child brought it home from the kids club before you started puking. And I thought, oh, if I am next, you are not getting Fenergan. (laughs) No, I didn't want to get the wrong thing because I wanted to come home with a prescription for anti-puke medicine in case you were next. Yes. And so you did. And so far I'm not pukey. And so far I don't even have a stomach ache or any achies. I'm very happy for you. Because, I'm happy for me too. You know, your thoughts were, did, did I, do you need to text his mother and let her know that, that I wanted him to know I was puking? Because he had texted you yeah. like four times by this point yeah. and called once. So in the morning when we came home, I got a picture of him with a fish he caught. This is his first fish that he's caught, probably with his uncle. Okay. I saw it and I thought, that's great. And I said, okay, you can tell him that I was puking all night, so I'm going to bed now. Because <laughs> I didn't want them to call me. <laughs> right. While I was sleeping, because we went to bed at 6.30 in the morning. and I thought that was only fair to text him back that you were puking. <laughs> But I didn't want to just text him that because then he'd try to call. Right. I wanted to let him know I'm going to bed now because mm-hmm. I was puking. 
Yes. In other words, don't let him call me right now. And I haven't heard from him since I got the picture of the fish. So hopefully she won't get it. She has been working in schools and with a lot of people like you have, which is why I think you didn't get it. Happy holidays. And my mother needed to come home from the hospital, but I couldn't go there. No, and I you didn't couldn't. want to send you they... because we didn't know yet if you were incubating. Yes. You know, <laughs> you have in the early recovery stages of norovirus and I am possibly incubating norovirus and the I'm hospital wants somebody to come get us. And yes, I was so exhausted so, from having been up for 26 hours straight. So that's how my Jesus friend ended up at our door and you opened the door and said, do you like fruitcake? <laughs> And I'm thinking, hello, thanks for coming. Then you let him in. I'm like, don't make him come in here. There are germs in here. So he ran right back outside. He did. He did. Poor guy. Those are the germ adventures of the season. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. This is what the music teacher does. Just start singing some. May the calendar keep ringing. No more hospital visits to you. That would be great. I know, right? Yeah. Okay, so is that it for now? I I think that's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! The tablecloths are like cranberry sauce. They never get to the table. They don't. Shrugging my shoulders. You have one, and I unfolded it and refolded it, and it's too small. So I got the next size up, but they never made it to the table either. But they fit. I haven't unfolded those ones yet. They've never (laughs) made it to the table to know if they fit. You should check. See how much bigger it is when you're actually right up on the microphone? Okay. There you go. I'll try to stay there. Thank you. Your voice is not happy with you right now, and there's a lot of things that are not. not, Yeah, it's not the first thing in line. No. (laughs) I'm sorry. Three ambulances pulled in, which we had seen them driving when we drove to the hospital. Did you notice that there were three car crashes on the other side of the expressway? No, I didn't notice anything. Or at least there were two of them. I was looking at the puke bucket. I bet you were. Ha, 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 ha.